CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It's time for another Benny J bonus interview brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. Bonus time on the Ben Jaronski Show as I speak. It is Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Here's the headline of Chicago Sun-Times, since what's going on in the world. Uh, this, uh, this headline just speaks to where we are in the world, ladies and gentlemen, because so much, <laughs> uh, so much of what exists in the world right now is an attempt by people to motivate you to do things you probably don't want to do or wouldn't do if you thought about it through fear. Constantly trying to make you afraid. Uh, I'm thinking of a George Carlin great bit that he did years and years ago. The man was so far ahead of his time. Be scared. Be scared, America. Be very scared. <laughs> Everything is trying to scare you. Darren Bailey, Republican governor, gubernatorial candidate, wants to be elected governor of the state of Illinois by scaring white people with their worst fears of black people. That's what he's trying to do, ladies and gentlemen. Don't kid yourself. That's what he's trying to do. He may succeed. I don't think so, but... You can never underestimate uh, uh, white fear. So here we go. Headline in the Chicago Sun-Times. One more thing to be afraid of. Thieves cash in on your mail check. <laughs> uh, so apparently thieves are uh, taking uh, checks in the mail and ripping them open. Excuse me, envelopes that they steal from the mail, ripping them open, taking the checks out, uh, erasing the endorsement and endorsing it to themselves and cashing it. It's got boomers scared. I know this because I live in a world of boomers. I am a boomer. Boomers like, what do we do? I always write checks. Oh, no. They're going to steal my money. Be scared. Anyway, that's the headline in Chicago sometimes. All right, without further ado, I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself. So distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Good afternoon, Ben. My name is Salim Wakil. I am a semi-retired journalist, radio commentator. I was once a columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times and the Chicago Tribune. I'm senior editor of In These Times Magazine, a left-leaning publication based in Chicago, um, really growing at, at, a, at an unprecedented rate. People seem to be more attracted to left-leaning ideas in, 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 a, in a certain demographic. And, um, and, and, and so I'm, I'm I keep trying to completely retire, but they keep pulling me back in. And uh, so I'm semi-retired and here I am. Glad to be uh, with you. Yes, uh, and it's like Groundhog Day and the Ben Jarosky Show, because I have a feeling I said this before, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Salim is the answer to the trivia question. Uh, who is the only writer uh, who ever wrote in a mainstream uh, newspaper in Chicago that's even remotely as left as uh, me? And uh, Salim held that honor for many years, for sometimes the Tribune, a very good leftist uh, in the city of Chicago. And I appreciate his work. Uh, and uh, I said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, your uh, article, your interview with Lou Palmer is one of the most influential things 
uh, that I've ever read. It really uh, inspired me to go to work for the Chicago uh, Reader way back when. I think he did that interview in 80 or 81. And I just said, well, if they'll print this, uh, <laughs> they'll print what I write. Uh, wow. I mean, that, that, again, man, that, that is uh, quite a, a revelation for me that I was an inspiration for you, man. That, that's, uh, that gives me a, a sense of accomplishment that I didn't have that before. Well, here's one other thing I'll tell you about. And uh, I know I didn't, I didn't mention this before, but so uh, with a shout out to Kevin Blackstone, uh, one of my oldest friends, we worked together at the Chicago Reporter. And we used to talk about you all the Salim, man, Salim. <laughs> There's a little bit of a generational difference. Uh, Salim's about, I don't want to, 10 years older than me, eight years older than me. Uh, and Kevin is four years younger than me. So we're all kind of like in that mix. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Ke Kevin's, I, 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 he's a good friend. And man, he's a hell of a writer. And yeah. he's got, he, he's had a very good uh, um product that he's been putting out lately that that whole mascot thing with with uh, indigenous people you know that whole thing that that's his campaign absolutely his movie everybody uh should go see his movie it all started off um with his uh passionate takedown of his hometown his beloved if you know kevin blackstone he loves the washington football team salim he loves him to death back when we <laughs> argue about him because i was a i am a bears fan and uh we'd be arguing uh, this back in the day he was be i might even say the name the old washington right, right. that was a slur for real yeah and uh he had I, you know, like neither one of us were in that stage of consciousness. I'll just be mm -hmm. honest. Like we saw the degradation in the name. Think about that, Celine. Like you have to go, you do have to go through an evolution. Though. You're not where you are. You think, oh, I'm so smart now. You weren't always that smart. You know what That's I mean? Right. That's right. Uh, and he loved the Washington team. And then one day, I forget what it was. He tells his own story better than I can. But one day he just realized this is a racist name. And I can't live with this. And article after article and column after column, and now this brilliant movie. So yeah, shout out to the great Kevin Blackstone. All right, Salim. Uh, so let me um, get to it. Uh, the, one of the reasons I invited you to come on is to talk about, I call them your Facebook uh, essays. It seems like a lot of times you're just, uh, they, they're bursts of inspiration that come to you and you'll write an essay on various topics and you'll post it on Facebook. Uh, and I really enjoy them a lot. You did a great tribute uh, to Pharaoh Sanders. Uh, he, uh, the great uh, saxophonist who died not too long ago. And you talked at length about Karma, uh, his album, his, um, that uh, came out about 1969, where he blended a bunch of different uh, styles and uh, religions and just had us thinking of as one world as opposed to separate individualistic ethnic groups or racial groups or religious groups which is like a blending of one uh and one of the great songs in there on that on that lp is uh, uh the creator has a master plan all right which is very optimistic um, view of the world and where we're heading uh another one of your recent uh posts uh said uh, is headline is it time to panic so I guess my question for you is, where are you leaning these days? Are you <laughs> uh, there as a master plan or should we be freaking out? Take it away. Mm, wow. Um, well, you know, Pharaoh um, was very influential to me uh, in, in many ways because he, he came at the at, at the time when there was kind of a conjunction of uh, the hippie ethic, the, the psychedelic um, 
sensibility that had been spreading in the late 60s and early 70s, this notion of, of a mystical oneness, uh, 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 an embrace of, of Eastern religiosity um, and whatnot, you know, and all of that, that was a part of the psychedelic bloom. And, and at the same time, the jazz world was experimenting with this kind of exotic uh, uh, embrace of exotic art forms and exotic aesthetics, trying to get away from the European models that 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 had characterized so much of, of our of our music of Western music, and part of that movement was also a, a spiritual quest as well. And and the the jazz ethic harmonized pretty um, tightly with with that quest because the idea of improvisational music, the idea of of uh, allowing the spirit to speak through you without the without the without the um uh the uh overpowering presence of of your of your ego you know let, letting the spirit speak through the music that was kind of the ethic of free jazz and that was a similar ethic that was going on in the psychedelic movement and so they merged there was a merger of those sensibilities at that time and, and pharaoh's karma was kind of emblematic of that of that merger um it it had many of the elements of free jazz, the the post-bop movements that that were that were popular at the time. And he incorporated some of this uh, Eastern exoticism into it. Uh, the, the title of the art of the album Karma, the fact that he was posed on the front of it in, in, a, in a lotus position, all of this suggested an Eastern and you know an Eastern sensibility. And 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 that was very, very important to the development aesthetic of, of, uh, of the black community at that time. Many, and, and as I pointed out in the piece, it was ironic because cultural nationalists who were seeking an indigenous expression, uh, an expression of, of, uh, of spirituality that was untainted or untouched by European sensibilities, they were seeking the same kind of expression. And so there, there was this, like, like I said, it was this, this merger of sensibilities uh, at the time and, and Pharaoh exemplified that. And I try to I try to present that in the piece. And yeah. so the, the the other side that you were asking, you know, is it time to panic? That's that's the you know that's the phenomenal realm of, of our existence. Pharaoh talks about the spiritual realm, the, the realm where where the creator is always in charge, where all of this phenomenal activity uh, is dialectic. It, it's it's illusory. It's not really important. Uh, the idea of differing races, the idea of differing people. Uh, making the, uh, the idiosyncratic expressions. All of this was really illusory because we're all ultimately one, we're part of one world. And uh, the, the, the spiritual insight of both the psychedelic era and this, this embrace of, uh, of uh, ancient spirituality came to that same conclusion this is one world we, we you know we're all on we're all in this together and so that that was you know kind of what I was trying to point out the panic part is real as well because we are finding that um uh <clears throat> the the inclination for authoritarianism is very strong in, in this culture and in and in american culture it, it it's embellished by 
a history of, of racial superiority of, of uh, and, and of, of racial subservience of how black people were kind of socialized uh, for subservience and 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 that fits in perfectly with this rise of authoritarian uh, fascism, right-wing authoritarianism that we find that's happening around around the world, not just in this country, but around the world. So I think it is, you know, it's, it's kind of time to panic. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I is like, uh, I guess today's theme is fear. Uh, you know, I began the show by sort of making fun of baby boomers who are living fear of their envelopes being opened up in the checks. Uh, mm. in cash. It's a real thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. But it seems like uh, panic is being instilled so much uh, in the media today. Be afraid of this. Uh, and yet I, I, um, I am genuinely afraid of certain spectacles uh, in, in the country right now. Um, and I'll uh, address one that uh, is really on my mind these days a lot. I, I view uh, the MAGA political movement as a fascistic movement. Uh, mm -hmm. A nationalist movement, an anti-Jewish movement, mm -hmm. uh, use Jews uh, in their own way uh, through with Israel. It's it's a very complicated story, uh, but it's, it's like a, a juggling game they're doing there. Uh, and now it seems um, they're uh, using certain uh, black people in this country uh, in that way. Uh, Herschel Walker in mm -hmm. uh, Georgia is the uh, one obvious example. Larry yeah. Elder. California, Candace Owens, the, uh, the radio personality, and right at the top of the list, number one, uh, is uh, Kanye West. And uh, I heard everybody at check out uh, what this uh, Salim's post of Roland Martin, great takedown of how Matt, uh, Fox is using Kanye. Uh, they accentuate the, uh, his comments about Black America. Uh, and uh, his uh, body by his T-shirt logo that said "White, white Lives Matter," uh, that slavery is a choice. That was his comment. Mm -hmm. um, how do you view it, uh, Salim? The way MAGA is using Kanye West? Uh, well, certainly they are. They are using him. Um, the right wing always seeks a mascot. Um, Black mascot. Often they find them easily. Like, uh, for example, in, in, in I remember very vividly in in um, Illinois uh, when, when Barack Obama ran for Senate, they they went and grabbed Alan Keyes from another state. They went way out and grabbed him and, and and put him in place because he was black and relatively articulate, and so he he was used in that way as well. It, it's it's a tried and 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 true tactic that they use and it often is is, is pretty effective um unfortunately uh kanye is um like I, I i know kanye personally i i knew his mother personally i was around him in in some of his early years when really before he hit big he was just beginning to do some stuff right out, he had the accident broke his jaw and he made that cut through the wire that was really his first um, pop, uh, his first um, song that became pretty popular. Um, I also had my my jaw broken in the Air Force, and so we shared, you know, we shared that story, that broken jaw story. And we and and I have I have photos that I had posted on Facebook of, of him and I at at a Thanksgiving dinner. So I've watched him develop. I've been amazed at his at at the way his talent has manifested. He, I think, he's an extremely talented. 
guy. In fact, I think that's really um, one of the things that that I, that I used to describe Kanye West. I, I call him an idiot savant. Oh. Uh, I, I think that he is he has extraordinary create creative uh, channels. He he's hooked into some to, to some creative channels, but he's he has tremendous deficits uh, on the other hand. And and I think idiot savant is probably the best description. I think the the ancients the the, the seers. And the uh, the sages of antiquity got the right nomenclature when they said idiot idiot savant. I think I think they captured Kanye, and he's being used quite frankly by by MAGA um, and right wing forces. Uh, and, and 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 as I say, it's effective because all he has to do is put a little skepticism into the minds of black folks in terms of who who to vote for. If the Democrats, if he says the Democrats are demonic and whatnot, some people will will think maybe that's true, and and that will that will suppress the vote. So he's 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 uh he's doing a good job for them, unfortunately. Uh, I would love for you to go in a little bit more what you mean by idiot savant. That's a term uh, in psychology. What exactly does it mean, and how does it in this particular case apply uh, to Kanye West? Well, I think he, I, I think he's um, clinically. I think he has clinical uh, psychiatric problems as well. I think he's a little bit uh, bipolar, a bit bipolar. But and I, and I, and I, I think that might be you know uh, one of the one of the qualities of of idiot savant as well. But idiot savant is someone who has extraordinary creative talents or extraordinary talents in one area of of their personality. But they they have deficits in other areas, um, and and often those those are proportionate. The 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 the, uh, the gifts are proportionate to the deficits. So if he's an extremely gifted person, I mean, there's really no doubt about it. His music, uh, you know, it 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 changed the course of, of hip hop, uh, quite frankly, and 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 I, and I think most most critics would would agree with that. Um, but it, but you know, as we see, his personality is severely lacking. He has he has problems uh, in impulse control and in um, uh, many other areas that uh, that that demonstrate the the uh, the fact that he 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 uh, <laughs> he has these deficits. Yeah, and. Uh... So when you uh, watch that clip that you posted uh, of the Roland Martin, uh, who who put together so effectively uh, all these talking heads from MAGA, from Fox, uh, just stoling the virtues of of Kanye after he appeared with Tucker Carlson, uh, did you think that those MAGA people actually believed that? No, Kanye- man. Okay. They, they they don't even know. They don't even know Kanye is. I mean, they're not even familiar with his works. I don't think most of them. They just they they're, they're praising him because he, you know, he serves their purpose. That's the only reason that they're praising him. He serves their purpose, and and we see that when he made a, you know, the strange t- turn toward anti-Semitism, these anti-Semitic comments. They didn't know quite what to make of that, uh, and 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 many of them were, were caught. Um, off off guard a little bit, and they they didn't know how how to respond. So yeah, they they were using him primarily for his uh, for his value as as an ideological. 
Well, as I uh, tell uh, all my uh, uh, broke friends uh, of the leftist persuasion or uh, black people in general, hey, you want to make some money, go go sell out, go over to MAGA. They'll pay you. Uh, they well, are. They they really are, man. They're hungry for that, you know. Yeah. Always go. It's always the case, man. I remember, you know, when when I was a, a columnist uh, for the trip, there was, you know, you you would get subtle subtle pressures that. Um, your column would be uh, better received it was a, if it was a little bit more critical of, of certain black players, you know, if, if you if you proved that you could be as harsh on, um, on black activists as you are on others. I mean, there's, there's always that pressure to prove that you have this sort of sensibility that allows you to attack uh, black folks. I uh, know when I was a freelance, I, I, they, I always was, people wanted me to write investigations use my skills of as, as a investigative reporter to make jesse jackson look bad uh yes sir gleam, yes. at one point i just said i'm not doing this anymore find somebody else to do it i yes, just sir. not doing it i'm not saying i happen to have a great deal of respect that grows year by year for jesse lewis jackson i mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a phenom it's it's something of I don't know what it is, Salim. You're not my you're not my therapist. I don't want to use. Well, it. it's worthy, man. He 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 was an extraordinary figure. He was an extraordinary figure on the American landscape. He was like a colossus, man. I don't think there was anyone in the black community who was who was as popular as Jesse since Booker T. Washington. Really, I don't think there was any figure who had that kind of profile. He cut across a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of uh, categories and and and. Um, there's some really unprecedented stuff, man. He deserves that kind of, I think, that kind of adulation. I really do. I know. And see, so if you're if you're a writer in Chicago, now we're on a tangent here, but if you're a writer in Chicago, there is so much pressure on you to assail people on the left. Yes, sir. It it and I joke that you're the only guy that is left <laughs> on a mainstream paper, but that's because it's like they let you know. Don't go there. There's like the cynicism. Anybody who is on the left, oh, he's really a sellout. He, yep. Mm -hmm. Look for opportunities they can. See what a phony he is. And they are constantly doing that with Jesse Jackson. And I don't know, man, as a lefty, his 88 campaign was Bernie Sanders before Bernie Sanders. That was a leftist campaign, Salim, you know? Oh man, for real. And, you know, and, and Ben, I have an article in, in, in these times and before Bernie, there was Jesse. That was the headliner. Yeah. Exactly that. You, you're precisely right. That uh, Rainbow Coalition idea. He had white farmers, the same farmers who are MAGA people now. They were Jesse uh, enthusiasts. Yeah. It was an incredible phenomenon, and and, and it really is unrecorded, I think, or at least it is it is, is seen as something that was unremarkable, and it was quite remarkable what, what Jesse did. So yeah, I, I'm with you on that thing. Yeah, and so I think that they they believe that there's an, and then we're on a tangent with a tangent with a tangent, but I read <laughs> Jack Thompson's book, The Great Basketball Coach of Georgetown, mm -hmm. and um, I don't know if you read it, but it's really worth reading. I urge all my listeners to read it. They know that anyway, because I was extolling its virtues for a long time. But there's a part of the book where I was like against John Thompson. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he, John Thompson had a business relationship with Nike. And he talked about this moment, I think it was in the late 80s, or it could be early 90s, I've lost track of time, uh, Salim, 
where Jesse Jackson was organizing a boycott campaign against Nike because, in his opinion, they were not uh, giving enough business to black entrepreneurs, et cetera, and so forth. And John Thompson, without irony, describes a moment where he put together, there was a meeting arranged in a room. I'm not making this up. And in that room was Michael Jordan, Spike Lee, and John Thompson, and Sonny, whatever Sonny's last, Vicaro, I think his name is, who was a, a, a basketball coach who became a Nike uh, executive. I know who you mean. Yeah, I know who you yeah. mean. Mm -hmm. and, and Jesse Jackson. And they were trying to put pressure on Jesse Jackson to drop his boycott. And I'm like, I was speechless when I read this. Mm. You know, because, like, they should have been with him. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, man, yeah, yeah there's, you know, capitalism, Ben. Yeah. Capitalism. It, it, it has uh, strange bedfellows. Yeah. Well, Jen Thompson doesn't pretend, by the way, just for the record, he says, I am a capitalist. He, says, <laughs> he doesn't pretend. He's not pretending he's a Bernie Sanders socialist, okay? <laughs> uh, he is really a Republican is what he is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of truth, uh, even despite that. Um, all right. Uh, another thing on my mind. Wait, wait. You were uh, a little something. You said you were friends uh, with uh, Kanye West's mother. Yes, Donna. Mm -hmm. Fascinated uh, by her. I never got the opportunity to meet her. She was a professor here for many years, and I just mm -hmm. met her. Uh, just talk a little bit about her and her legacy. She would be very disappointed with Kanye. I think um, she was. Um, she, she was. Uh, I wouldn't say a black nationalist, but she hewed to ideas of of uh, you know black autonomy, the idea that that uh, she 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 was a an activist essentially. She had an activist sensibility. She realized what what had been happening in in the black community, and she and she tried to uh, point Kanye toward um, positive. Uh, uh, images, you know, she wanted him to project positive images, but she didn't, you know, she didn't try to, uh, you know, smother his 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 insights or anything. She she was very very um, embracing of of his of, of of his ambitions and his aspirations, and so she she was, you know. She she was rather forgiving and and whatnot of, of uh, whenever he went off off the hook a little bit, he was always a kind of eccentric guy and and she knew that and so she she protected him uh, pretty pretty seriously because of that she 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 was she was very protective of him because she knew that he had a certain fragility or or uh, fragility may be the wrong word he he was. He, he he was a he's a sensitive he was a sensitive child you know he was very um, sensitive to things and and she she was trying to to shield him in many ways she was very protective and and they had a very close relationship very very close uh, and so I understand how when she when she left the scene he, he felt a bit abandoned uh, you know and and I and I and I saw that in in his in some of his actions I saw when he said. Uh, Bush, when he, when he made the comment about Bush not liking black people, um, 
I think he expected the black community to really rally to his to his side very, very strongly, and they didn't. And I think he felt a little disappointed by that. I think also when he did the thing about uh, Taylor Swift in mm -hmm. the Grammys, when he jumped up and said that, that Beyonce deserved this Grammy rather than Taylor, he thought that was an audacious move on his part that needed to be done and that black people would say, oh man, finally we have a, we have a champion who's, who's speaking up for our issues. And that didn't happen. And I think he was a little bit disappointed by that. So I think some of that disappointment is playing into his his attempt to, to rile up black people right now, to, to you know, to to antagonize black people. I think that's that's a part of his motive. Wow. Uh, when you said that, uh, he, the Bush comment, he put uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Right. Right. Katrina, right in the aftermath of Katrina, which I I, <laughs> I actually thought it was a brilliant statement. But, admit it. Yeah, many, many people did. But he's, and and I, I think he thought so, too. And he should have been, you know, heralded for that, I think, <laughs> he thought. I, I just, by the way, I just have the view of, of like, it was a totally spontaneous statement. And Mike Myers, who he's uh, mm -hmm. sitting next to, was, they're reading <laughs> two cards. <laughs> The look on his face was priceless. <laughs> like, hey, that. <laughs> How do you follow that up? Well, that's true. Dad. He doesn't care about black people. What made you think he ever did? Uh, who name one person who does? Um, I, uh, uh, I I feel as though uh, that Kanye West. Uh, it's kind of like he reminded me on that riff you went on uh, where he, di he didn't get their love. He expected the gratitude. Mm -hmm. Very weird thing I'm about to say. I can't believe I'm about to say it, but I'm, gonna, I'm doing <laughs> compare Kanye West to Bernie Epton. So Bernie mm -hmm. Epton, follow me on this, folks. This is how my brain. Okay. Bernie Epton, uh, this transitions in the punch nine, my obsession with Harold Washington. Bernie Epton uh, was the Republican who found himself standing the, the last white man standing after Harold Washington won the preliminary bout against Jane Burr, if I could use my boxing uh, metaphors here, uh, against a big boxing fan, uh, against um, Jane Byrne and Richie Daly. Me too. Harold, who, you, who, who you got, uh, um, uh, Spence or Crawford? Oh, come on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you make a prediction? <laughs> uh, uh, but wait, 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 I gotta keep okay, it. Good, good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I love it when they throw guest or Kurzweil the enemy. Uh, so Spence, anyway. Uh, all right. Okay. So, uh, so Bernie Epton was the last uh, man standing against Hair Washington, a moderate uh, state rep from High uh, High Park. Never really run a racist campaign before. All of a sudden, he embraced the racist campaign that uh, elevated him to the doorstep of. City Hall. He came very close to winning that election with mm -hmm. the uh, Epton before it's too late. Clearly a racist campaign. All right. Uh, and um, in the aftermath, it, when they did the voting totals and they kind of broke them down, but exit polls, it turned out uh, that uh, Jewish people in Chicago, of all the white people, had the highest percentage for Harold Washington. Mm. And I remembered uh, interviewing Bernie Epton about a year after the election, and he was, I was in his law office, Salim, and he was so resentful. He's Jewish. He was so resentful uh, at Chicago Jews. Really? Yeah. He told me 
if Jewish people treated their own the way black people treated their own, I'd be the mayor today. Wow. <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> and I'm like, man, Jews can't win. <laughs> I mean, they just can't win no matter what they do. And uh, <laughs> when you said that about uh, Kanye not getting the love mm -hmm. that, uh, from black people and that may be motivating him, and I think you may have a point there, you know, like, oh, you didn't give me the love? Oh, I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. it when you said that, I remember think that meeting with Bernie. Uh, where That's interesting, man. Yeah, interesting. You know, his son is very, is, is to the left as well. Have you, have, uh, you know Bernie's son? I know of him. I've never met Jeff Epton. Yeah, I've never yeah, met right. him. Yeah. At one point, he was a publisher at Indy's Times. He, he I, came in, yeah, for, 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 I think, about six months or so like that. Uh, maybe a year maybe a year yeah well he is in the move jeff hefton is in the movie i urge everybody i've been urging everybody for a week now see punch nine i just saw it last week jeff hefton is interviewed in that movie okay and he, it's a very emotional moment Salim. he breaks down he starts crying he wow. goes my father was he allowed him he allowed himself to be used by white supremacists mm. you got to think about the Epton name and what it means mm -hmm. if anybody remembers and if you're a leftist, it kind of hurts. So, um, yeah. And when you said that, it made me think of him. Uh, there's another uh, post that you had recently uh, talking about Nuri Martinez, the um, the president of the city council, uh, the former president, I should say, the city council. She stepped down in Los Angeles. Uh, we've been talking a lot about this on the show, uh, Celine. Mm. Uh, you were talking, it's the Black Brown a Coalition with a question mark, I think is how you did it. Uh -huh. Much talked about Black Brown Coalition. And so a recording was leaked of Martinez in conversation with three other uh, prominent Latino leaders uh, from Los Angeles and speaking very disparagingly of about a lot of, I mean, a lot, as more tapes come out, Salim, everybody's getting thrown under the bus by this. I'm, I'm telling you, not just black people, right? <laughs> <laughs> but they wouldn't. They went after this kid, man. It was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, a kid that had been adopted by uh, a gay couple, a gay white couple, and they just disparaging things to say about him, racist things to say about him. Yep. And so, I, your thoughts? Are you uh, optimistic? Zero Sanders optimistic about the Black Brown Coalition, or are you? Uh, is this? Oh man, it, it, it is. It is in trouble, man. That that Black Brown Coalition is. It's you know never was never really an easy, an easy um, task anyway to, to get that that going. Um, Harold made it a lot easier. Uh, these those were different times as well. We had different uh, Latino leaders as well. That they, they had a closer, I think, a closer relationship. There was more activists synergy at that time between latino leadership and black leadership the activist community was a lot more um integrated in that way i think um in, in those days and then there was an ideological bond as well there was you know that that the leftist notion of third world solidarity was still pr pretty strong it was dying out but it was still pretty strong and, and you know you you had people like chewy Garcia, uh, uh, who who was who was uh, a part of that legacy, who was pushing it, as, so it was a, it was a different era. It's it's hard now, man. It, it's real hard. We see, you know, immigration is really 
the provocative issue in all of these, the rise of all of these authoritarian regimes across across the world. In Europe, you know, this thing in Italy where where uh, um, an, uh, a right far rightist, some say a neo-fascist, was elected. Um, and immigration was was the triggering issue there. In Hungary, Viktor Orban, uh, immigration is a triggering issue. The right wing understands that immigration is their route to victory, and so they're using it um, in 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 every way they can. And unfortunately, it is also um, uh, a touch. You know, it, it's it's a uh, it's something that that inflames the black community as well. Um, this notion of of uh, Im immigration, um, you know, uh, undercutting the labor force, using using immigrants as 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 uh, as um, low wage uh, labor, um, you know, uh, as as a way to to keep black people out of the labor market. Basically, is how it's often portrayed by by some black leadership it's an easy issue to use um and it, it's being used in this in this city as well especially now since 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 the the uh, refugee seekers are being shipped here by by uh, abbott and and whatnot and and so um it, it is uh you know it's something that that is uh we we need to watch out for we need to be very careful about yeah and then when you hear there is this, always this notion, uh, uh, and oh my God, this goes back to Jesse Jackson. Uh, Jesse Jackson got in trouble uh, back in, I want to say 1984, when a uh, Washington Post reporter, uh, I think it was Milt Coleman, re, uh, reported uh, that Jesse had uh, referred to New York as Heimetown. Heimetown, right. There was yeah, no Coleman, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Jesse Jackson did not deny it, that he said it. Uh, and there's this always this notion, Salim, about what people say when you're not around, mm -hmm. really feel. And I, I, I get your thoughts about this. I don't really buy into that, by the way. And, and I'll tell you my thought, and then you feel free to vigorously disagree with me if you want. Okay. Um, I think that um, people are capable of saying all kinds of things. And they're motivated to a certain degree by the atmosphere they're in. So... I haven't heard the full recording of the of the uh, leaders in LA, the three Latino leaders or four Latinos, a labor person in the room too. Um, you know, they could all just been sort of riding that high of feeling very Godfather-like. You know, when people feel very Godfather-like, you know, <laughs> movies, you know, you talk like a gangster. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a group. Yeah, gangster. Either. Uh, and then the F-bombs flying, and I told this mother, you know what I mean? You know, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. You get in that vibe. Mm -hmm. Like, if you could hear yourself, you go, oh, my God, I sound like such a jackass. Uh, yeah. I wish I hadn't said that, you know? Yep. Man, what a fool I am. And yep, yep, yep. Is that the real you, or is that just the you in that moment? You know what I'm that's, saying? That's a good point, Ben. It really is, man. I mean, and, and, and you, you, you bring up a very relevant uh parallel and that, that's the jesse jackson Town comment because milton coleman really violated kind of a journalistic uh you know an unofficial journalistic agreement by by 
because Jesse was with, was was messing around with some some cats. You know exactly what you're saying. You know that kind of joshing uh, talk on the plane, and 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 Milton was there listening, and he was you know a part of all of that. And yet, and and and, and that's the kind of stuff that you you really don't report. That I mean that's that's something else. That that that's another kind of discourse. And so he 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 reported that. Jesse couldn't deny it because he probably said it. Others probably said other things that which which were disparaging as well. But they said it in that joking way that that you're, you're talking about, that kind of anecdotal, um, jokey way. And 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 sometimes that is what happens. That is what happens. And when you get caught in that, um, it, it's really difficult to to make a comeback because you say things that are really, um, you know. They, they shouldn't be said, but they, they, they are things that we, we all say in, in a joking manner uh, every now and then, according to the context. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but they caught them. They caught these folks, and I, I don't think they, they can get out of it. No, they can't, and they went far beyond Jesse Jackson. Okay, you Yes, know yes they did. Far beyond Jesse Jackson, and picking on a kid is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. But you know, I, I think about the JB and Blagojevich tapes oh <laughs> when they talk about you know the un, the the least offensive when uh, and, you know and and other black you know, when, when they're assessing black candidates and, and the way that they talk about that. So again, that was that was something that that was embarrassing for them because it caught them in that same kind of unguarded moment. But I think we all do have those kind of unguarded moments, and if we were, if we were monitored uh, during those moments, it would be very embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, no, I I remember the JB one. Uh, so, uh, oh my goodness, that was the month when <laughs> he was running for governor, uh, and the Tribune. That that was that was a deep story. The Tribune uh, had got these tapes, the Blago tapes that had never been released before. Uh, Salim, I'm. <laughs> how, did, how did you just happen to have this tape? Uh, it made uh, uh, it made JB look horrible. Yeah, it did. It did. Because uh, you know, Blago was the one going on and on, and JB's like, "Yeah, you're right. You had a good point there." <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Um. So, all right. Uh, the uh, we'll close uh with the. Uh, me one final attempt uh for some optimism i'm on i want to go uh i want to be pharaoh uh, sanders optimistic uh that's the theme of the day uh do you see anything out there salim that you might find yourself writing about uh, at some future date where you say you know what this is a sign that we are not on the eve of destruction is there anything you could think of i'm looking i'm looking ben i'm looking <laughs> i don't it's hard to see, man. Um, I, 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 I see conflict all along the line, man. I think that the Republicans are going to retake the, the Congress. Um, I think we're in for a rough ride, uh, Ben. But but again, um, as I in my old age, I opt for for spiritual insight more than I used to, uh, and 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 I do think that um, th th this all of this is really um, you know, an, an illusory uh, game that we're that we're involved in, and that the ultimate the ultimate reality is is, is uh, peace, eternal peace. So I am optimistic in that way, but that's that's a kind of optimism I don't think you were, you were looking for. 
No, I'm looking for something a little more concrete. But uh, <laughs> I'll take what I can get, Celine. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, beggars can't be choosy. Uh, and uh, all right, very good, uh, Celine. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, okay, you're the obstacles of doing a conversation with Ben Jarofsky. And, uh, and I appreciate uh, very much. And I hope. Um, I don't know. I, I, well, it's, a pleasure, it's a pleasure talking to you, Ben, man. I, I, I really welcome the opportunity, man. You are a, a treasure for this city and, you know, for the nation, bro. You, you, you open up conversations that need to be open. And your writing is always insightful. So go ahead. Do, do your thing, my brother. Will do. All right. Thank you very much, Salim. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody.